All right. Well, guys, tonight I am being joined by a man uh, who is a project. We got Pat Monix on the phone. What's going on, Pat? How you doing? What's going on, Andy? How we doing? I'm here. It's going I'm good. Do I'm doing well. I We have to start this interview off with an apology from me and everyone at the Road Home from Wrestling podcast that we have never had you on our show um, you've been one of our favorites for a long time, so I just want to apologize right off the bat because uh, I just feel like I've let you down. Man, well, it's okay. I, I haven't really, I wasn't really trying to do podcasts until like maybe a couple months ago, so it's better that we did it this way. Well, why, why are you trying to do them now and you weren't trying to do them before? Um, I think like I just had a, a different focus on things before, like. Um, I didn't want to, like, start doing podcasts until I felt like I was, like, hitting the ground running with wrestling. Um, a lot of people, you know, like, have their first match and start trying to do podcasts and stuff. And uh, I just wanted to wait until I felt like I had a little bit of momentum and uh, until I felt a little more confident on the scene that um, I'm pulling my weight, you know? I, I do know, and I really appreciate that. Um, one of the things that I have loved about watching your career is that you're putting one foot in front of the other as opposed to doing things out of order, screwing around, and, and, and all the kind of stuff that um, that kind of pisses off the, the, the um, legends in wrestling. They look at re young wrestlers who have a gimmick before they even learn how to work. And, uh, and you're a guy who's kind of gone through a couple changes, which we're going to talk about. Uh, but all of that has been like a kind of a journey for you. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, where you got started and we'll get into, you know, where things have changed for you. Yeah. Um, so it's been a long, really long process for me. Um, I think people think I just popped up out of nowhere a year or two ago, but really that's not the case. Um, in 2013, I contacted a wrestling school. I was, I think I was 19 when I contacted them. I was 20 when I started. Uh, it was called DWI, and it was in F Florida, Riverview, Florida, which is right next to Tampa, Florida. Um, the reason it was in Florida was I'm, I'm from Illinois, but my parents had moved down to Florida during my sophomore year of college when I was 19. And uh, I, I saw that as my opportunity to get wrestling training because uh, I'd always looked up for like wrestling schools around the area where I lived, and there just weren't any that happened to be like, looking for enrollment at the time or, or, or maybe there were, but I just couldn't find them. Um, maybe just were, weren't, weren't so easy to find on Google and the internet and stuff like that. And, uh, when I was in school, there was, there was, there was not any wrestling schools in the area where I was going to school. So when I found out my parents were moving to Florida, I saw that as an opportunity of like, hell yeah, there's tons of wrestling schools in Florida. I got this. So I contacted that one, DWI, cause it was the cheapest. Um, and, <laughs> My parents weren't gonna. Really, my parents were not supportive of it, so I had to kind of do it all like on my own with cash and stuff. So this place was cool because there was like, oh man, I, I don't even remember what it was per month. But it was really cheap. It was like maybe like maybe like a hundred a month until you got to like sixteen hundred or something like that. Um, or I don't remember what the final number was. But I was like, oh, I can do that. So that means like the summer I just pay three hundred dollars for the summer. That's doable. So I hit them up. Um, got trained during the. Trained during the uh, nah, I don't know, uh, during school breaks. So I trained during like summer and winter breaks. So first year I trained like four months, um, and then the second year, the summer of 2014, they let me have my first match after another three months of training. So I was about seven months in, uh, but it took about a year and a half to get those seven months. Uh, and then I started having matches, and they were terrible because uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anything you don't do all the way is. Um, is you're not going to have full, you know, the success that you would if you're doing it full time. Um, starting wrestling and training part time was really hard because you know you'd go for three months and you'd start to feel pretty good about yourself and then you'd take four months off. Um, so the first two years, you know, I was like I trained maybe a year of the first two years and had some matches, but uh, it was just it was just hard because I was trying to be a full time student while I was trying to do that and yeah, and there was nothing. I went to school in Peoria, Illinois. There was no wrestling schools. So then once I finished college up, uh, I was able to move back home to Chicago and find a, a place that had full gym access where I could train all the time. And they also had shows on the weekend. So I was now wrestling every weekend. And that happened in 2015 and 2016. Um, so I really didn't really get the 
football rolling at all until like you know the end of 2016 is when I was wrestling every single weekend and training every single week. Um, so the first two or three years were just really really slow. Um, and yeah, I basically had to get retrained in Chicago because not to say I was trained wrong in Florida, but I wasn't trained. Um, I wasn't trained like it. I wasn't really. You- you got what you paid for, for, right? Yeah, I wasn't set up for success. <laughs> um, not to say I didn't work my ass off because I did, but you know, it's like sometimes I think about wrestling. That's crazy. Like you, some people get put into the right situation for them right off the bat, and and I just wasn't. And it, so it took longer. But I think I think my path was better for me now in hindsight because um, I think if I would have had as much success right away, I probably would have went to my head. I probably wouldn't have worked as hard as I did, and I think it led to me being a lot better. And I think it led to me um, appreciating everything that I have so much more. Uh, just like I appreciate the Chicago scene so much because uh, we have just have such good like training and, and mentors and people that we can like counsel. And uh, the companies that I wrestle for all take care of me pretty well. And we there's pretty good crowds. Whereas like you know like when I was in Florida, I think the places were drawing like 20 people. So yeah, it's just it's just a whole different whole different experience. Uh, the second couple years versus the first couple years well the first time that we saw you i believe and i'm not positive but i'm pretty sure it was in like a scramble match at rockstar pro um and uh then maybe at iwa mid-south and uh you had come in with the freelance guys i think stevie fierce and and i candy elliott were maybe in the car with you um tell me a little bit about freelance um and uh you know how that promotion has gone from something that is just no one's ever heard of it to you know you see t-shirts freelance t-shirts on wwe tv every week in the front row you know it's pretty it's pretty spectacular it must be fun to be a part of something like that yeah um it was. I, I don't. I don't really wrestle for freelance wrestling anymore. Um, I do wrestle for a company called Freelance Underground, which uh, they have like this. There's this, this weird dynamic between the companies because I guess you could consider them maybe brother promotions, um, but they're but they're also like completely different shows. You know, like uh, someone who might be a top baby face on freelance might be a top heel on Freelance Underground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like. You know, just I I don't really know how to explain the, the dynamic between the two. They draw very similar crowds and similar fans. It's a lot of the same people in the crowd, but they're very they're different. They're their own storylines. Um, I think people have this idea that Freelance Underground is like the B company to Freelance, um, but it's really not. It's it's more so like there was a company called Underground that was doing its own thing, and then like I don't know exactly the full reasons of like why they took the freelance banner um maybe it was like financial reasons maybe it was like they just wanted someone to work together with um but yeah so i wrestled for freelance underground i I actually hold one of their championships so i'm on every show but i I, i'm no longer on any of the freelance shows uh freelance is a great place came a long way and uh it had a lot a lot of buzz and you know it still does like a lot of a lot of people are trying to get on those shows and the crowds are really hot and uh you know, there's a lot of good wrestlers there. The champion, Isaiah Alaska, is, is a guy who um, I think he's kind of an unsung hero in the, in the Midwest uh, where not many people know about him. But, like, I wrestled him, and he's as good as anyone I've ever been in the ring with. So um, check out Isaiah Velasquez if you're a, if you're a Midwest or if you're, if you're just a wrestling fan. Uh, he's really good. He, uh, he had some of his best matches with, like, Mustafa Ali when Ali, before Ali got signed to the WWE. So, uh, yeah, freelance is very cool boys.
I feel like I did that to an extent. Uh, I didn't. I, I wanted to go to the finals. Obviously, I didn't. I wanted to win it all. Uh, obviously, I didn't. But uh, the matches I had with Logan James, Devin Moore, and Larry D are all matches I'm proud of. Yeah, Larry D. Holy man, man, that guy. He's. Uh, we've seen him wrestle about three million times, and uh, you know he's somebody that is well respected in the in the wrestling community, uh, which is well deserved. Uh, you know, uh, what's it like kind of working with a veteran like that? And what's something that maybe you learned by working with him? He's awesome. He's one of my favorite guys to wrestle in IWA. Um, and uh, it's very similar to how I feel about Isaiah in Chicago. He's just like one of those guys who's unsung, an unsung hero of, of, of their scene. And uh, he should be everywhere, uh, just like Isaiah. And both Larry and Isaiah, I, I could specifically, I don't want to get too into it and too behind the scenes and two behind the curtain but like i could specifically tell you like moments in matches that i had with them where uh maybe they did something or said something that i had never really like in the moment felt or thought or or, or been told and uh and it's like things that are going to stick with me for the rest of my career um uh i'll, I'll just give you one about like like um like Isaiah and it's cool because I actually I was re- I was recently listening to a like Chris Jericho or Shawn Michaels uh interview and they said the same exact thing and he didn't like get it from them he got it from someone else like, like it was a match but it was just like a moment where um after a big move happened and the crowd was reacting and we we're on the ground laying there and uh, I was you know I was about to start moving and getting up and he's just like wait 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 mm-hmm. and um the crowd was done making noise. So like, you know, I'm thinking I'm reacting to the crowd. Like it's time to go. I waited a little longer. Crowd started making noise again. You know, like he just kind of knew like, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. They're they're really into this. They're really into this. Wait, wait, wait. And it was like, crowds up, crowds down, crowds back up again. And I was just like, wow. Uh, It's trippy because I recently listened to a, a, a interview where Jericho was talking about how he was in the ring with Shawn Michaels. They were laying there and he had the same experience. So I just thought that was cool. Um, I had a similar experience with Larry, where Larry told me something, uh, and I and I and I wasn't on the same page. I was like, no, 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 that's not right. He said to do something. We did that, and the crowd reacted. I was like, holy shit! <laughs> so it's like two things that, like, in in matches, I learned from those guys, and, and it's something that like I'll keep in mind during all of my matches for the rest of my career. Yeah, it turns out these uh, some of these veterans that are well respected are well respected for good reason. Like I said, uh, you know they they these guys know what they're doing, and and Larry's a guy I love talking to just because of uh, things like that. Um, you know, watching him wrestle. But uh, but let's rewind a little bit. Um, I, I didn't mean to skip over this, but I wanted to kind of uh, talk a little bit about the transformation that you've undergone. So, you know, when we first saw you back at, you know, whatever, two years ago or something like that, maybe a little longer, I'm not sure, uh, you had your phone number on your trunks and, uh, you know, and you were kind of like, uh, I don't know, you were, you were a condescending kind of shitty a uh, guy that knew you were good looking and that kind of thing. And that's kind of the character that you played when I saw you. Um, and then now um, your, your characters is much different and uh, you're, it's, it's like you're a serious wrestler now, if that makes any sense. I what tell yeah. me a little bit about the, 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 you know, the transformation from, you know, a gimmick to gimmick or however you want to call it and why, you know, why is, uh, what, what is it that you're doing right now? I mean, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, like when I started in Florida and I started getting going in Chicago, I was, I was just Pat Monix. I was just a guy in trunks and kick pads wrestling. And, uh, and I was trying to be the wrestler and trying to just be this good, badass wrestler who comes out to cool music and does his thing, but I wasn't good at wrestling. <laughs> so it didn't really work. It was just like, whatever. Uh, so I, I had to find a crutch and that crutch was a gimmick. And, uh, I, you know, uh, I had STDs on my kick pads, which stood for like super tough dude. I had my phone number on my butt, which was like my literal phone number. I had long hair, a little headband. Uh, you know, I just tried to be tan. And I tried to come out like really wet. <laughs> and uh, it was all very much like sexual innuendos and stuff like that. Um, and I just had fun. And like, I kind of tried to connect with the crowd that way because um, I, I, I think I had potential. And, I, and, and, and not to say that I'm great now, but I, I think I knew I was going to be good, but I knew I wasn't good yet. And I needed something to like help me out. 
and that was just the first thing I could think of. I, I, you know, it was just very easy. It's like when you when you're just a young and shaped guy, everyone's like, why don't you just do it like a sexy gimmick? And it's like, all right, sweet. Well, we'll take a spin on it. We'll be the STD. <laughs> um, so it was just something that I knew would grab people's attention. Um, but as I got more comfortable as a wrestler and knew I could have better matches and knew I could have respectable matches, um, I kind of realized I didn't really want to be that character anymore. Um, it was fun, but it was no longer like really true to me. Like, you know, when I was 22, 23, I was kind of having a ball with it, but I was like, I'm also getting older. This is weird. And like in, in, in real life now I'm 25 and it's just like, yeah, 23, 24, 25, I was starting to be like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is not, this is not my, this is not the character that I want to be on TV someday. Um, and I was just so bent out of shape, like trying to come up with a character that was like true to me and who I was. And, um, like, for example, a mentor of mine is DJ Z and, uh, he would always tell me like, Hey, you just like, you know, you got to come up with a character that like you really believe in blah, blah, blah. Like that's you. Like, just think of stuff that you like in real life. Think of like who you are and blah, blah, blah. And, um, I was like, well, so it's like it's easy for someone like him because like in real life he, he creates music so he's a dj so then like when it's time to come up with a wrestling character you're like i'm a dj so i'll be djz um <laughs> i don't do anything but wrestle like that's it like i literally don't have any hobbies um uh, I, I don't like i wrestle three or four times on the weekends i watch wrestling during the week i practice during the week i go to the gym um and i try to make a little money on the side and and that's all i'm doing right now it's like my life is just like this consumed a project of Pat, Pat Monick's character, and I don't even know what that character is, so I was just going stir-crazy, like, trying to come up with something, um, and then one day, I just, like, kind of, it just kind of dawned on me, I was like, whoa, that, that is it, my character is just that I have a character, or my character is that I don't have a character, and uh, my character is I'm just this guy with this fake name wrestling, uh, oh, that's my life, that's, like, what I'm, my real life is, so I was like, so, so the day I made this fake wrestling name Pat Monix like my whole life has just been this project of, about Pat Monix so I was like okay well how can I take a spin on that how I uh, how can I be transparent and show the realism of what my life is like everyone's pretending to be these characters everyone's pretending to be these stars and everyone's pretending that they're making all this money and you know they're these superstar characters I'm just like I'm not that's not me um the reality is is I want to be a pro wrestler like I'm a pro wrestler, but I'm not making a living as a pro wrestler. You know, I'm not making the money I'd like to be making. I'm not getting on the shows I'd like to be make getting on. So I was just like, I'm a project and I'm going to show everyone that it's okay to be a project and it's okay to not have it all fucking figured out. Um, so day by day, phase by phase, as I say, every day is a phase. Um, as long as you're doing everything each day to get to that place and to become that person, if you're not there yet, it's okay. Um, and then I used all the catchphrases, you know, take my hand, we're all going to make it. I'm a project, you're a project. Jim, Joe, Jack, Susie's, Christina, we're all, we're all projects. Um, it's going to be fine. And yeah, and I feel like it's, it's building and, uh, I have some really cool things coming up with the project character coming into next year, um, that are going to be like, I guess I would explain them as like visual as, in terms of, uh, gear and costume and like, things that you know you'd see me and, and you'd see me come through a card and you'd be like oh that guy's a project i get it because right now it's kind of hard to explain i just had to talk for three minutes to tell you what <laughs> um so that's that's been the issue but once this is all um taken care of I, I, i've invested a lot of money into what i have coming up um i think it's finally going to be like when someone like djz comes to the card and you're like whoa that guy in the light up suit that's the dj I think mm -hmm. you're going to see me come through the card and you're like, whoa, that guy's the project. And, um, and I think then I'll maybe be ready for, uh, some of the higher up companies that I really want to be a part of. So it's exciting. I, I think this is a really smart deal. And, uh, and here's a couple of reasons why. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm much older than you. I, I'm almost 40. Um, and when I, but I talk to a lot of people your age, uh, in fact, one of my best friends is, is Lexus Montez and he's 25 and we have a lot of conversations about life and stuff like that. And I'm starting to understand the folks that are your age quite a bit. <clears throat> in fact, I feel the same way. And, and that is that, you know, there's a lot of folks that are your age that feel lost, that don't know where they're headed. 
They have so many options and so many things that they could do that it's overwhelming and they don't know where to focus and they don't know how to find their path in life. And, and that's not a new thing, but it's something that's kind of moved from – uh, you know, used to be that that was something that happened to people when they were 19 or 18. And now it seems to happen to people when they're in their mid twenties. It happened to me, you know, it happens to me all the time, it seems like, but, uh, it, it, I think that your gimmick, it, this thing that you're, you're doing is really smart because you're, you're kind of tapping into that and folks your age are really going to get that. And, and it's also the type of deal that old folks like myself can also understand quite a bit and think, you know, that's a really smart deal. Um, you know, I often talk about, uh, you know, wrestlers that can appeal to all ages. And uh, that's like that's like the ultimate thing, you know. And, and this is a completely different thing. But a guy like Marco Stunt, for example, his gimmick is genius because he's like a 90s kid. And that's yeah. such a you know, that's such a smart thing now because it appeals to everybody and, uh, you know, and, and one way or the other. And so like that's you're doing the same kind of thing in a more serious way. And I really like that. Um, you know, it, it, it's really smart. So I, I really appreciate it. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, since we have, uh, you know, kayfabe's not really a thing anymore and the levels of it have changed, you know, uh, for example, you you're not wanting to mention things that guys are saying to you in the ring, obviously. So say, people say kayfabe doesn't exist anymore, but that's not true. It's just in a different place. And so yeah. your 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 gimmick is pulling back the curtain to your real life and connecting those two things so that other people can have that actual real emotion, emotional connection to you as a wrestler, which is missing from a lot of wrestlers. And I would say like 90% of wrestlers don't get that. So congratulations on getting that. Well, thank you. I, uh, I really appreciate that. And I, and I, and I love the way you explained it. Cause that just kind of dawned on me a little bit more that like, you're right. Um, we do kind of have a little bit of a lost generation and it's not that we're, we're lost because we don't know how to live life. It's, there's just so many options and there's so many things to do and there's so much going on. And with social media, it's like everything's at the tip of your fingers. Like you can do anything you want. So it's, it's hard to pick. <laughs> so like you might think like, okay, I went to college, I got this degree, but shit, like I really want to start a YouTube channel or a podcast, but like, I can't do that because of this, but it's like, no dude, you can do whatever you want. You just got to do it responsibly. Um, and that's what I'm trying to show people. Like a lot of people don't know. I went to college and I graduated and my first year out of college, I had a legitimate business job in downtown in, this, in the loop, like in the city of Chicago. And I was making good money and I was traveling. And like, um, this is all while I was trying to get my career rolling for wrestling. Um, and I threw that all away. Like I, I had it like really, really freaking good. I had an office. <laughs> I was 23, 22, <laughs> I was 22 years old. And, uh, but I knew like, um, if I wanted to be good at wrestling, I had to treat it like a career. And when you have a career already, wrestling is a hobby. Wrestling is something you do for fun or something because you like it. You you can only have one career. You can have two jobs. You can have like you could balance a couple jobs, but you can't balance two careers. Or you you can try, but you're not going to be treating them both fully. So I had to leave that job and start finding like part time jobs. Like I, I I've tried lots of things. I I did personal training. I've tried driving Uber. You know anything just to keep money in my bank account to support this wrestling habit. But yeah, I just wanted to be honest with people and just tell people like, dude, if you want to freaking be a rapper, like. You might be 27 years old and might be having success in sales or like you might be um, you might work at a hospital or be a nurse or something, but you just like you're not feeling it anymore. You can do it as long as you just like do it responsibly. If you, if you don't have like things weighing you down uh, or even if you do, like you just got to make sure that your priorities are, are straight and um, we're in a time where you really can be anything you want. Well, it's going to be a process. <laughs> I, I really, you know, something else that I really respect and I, you know, I'm not trying to just go on and on kissing your butt or whatever, but I, I just think this is really important that folks understand this. Um, there are many, many wrestlers out there who do not feel the way that you feel. And what I mean by that is that they put the cart before the horse or put the horse before the cart is what I mean. And so, you know, I talked to, you know, one of my, I have friends that are, you know, one of my friends has his first match in 1960. And then I have friends that have just recently started wrestling. And I, you know, I would say that all of them would respect what you're doing, but 
especially the older generation of wrestlers who get, you know, they, they get frustrated when they see guys, like I said, kind of, you know, putting the, the horse before the cart and, and you're doing things properly in order with respect. And that's very important because respect is obviously a huge thing in pro wrestling. I've never once heard anybody say a bad thing about you. And that is rare in the, in the pro wrestling world. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you're, you're doing it the right way. And obviously, you know, uh, that's something to be commended. And a lot of people can learn. And, and any wrestlers that are listening to this, you know, think about that. Because, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's very important to make sure that you do things right. Now, another thing that you mentioned is that, <clears throat> you know, and I just I just – want to throw this out there is that the reason our show, one of the reasons our show is called the road home from wrestling is we record the show on the road home, blah, blah, blah. But it's also called that because I have a really strong belief in the journey. And I think that, you know, the destination is something that's great. And that's obviously what you're, you're tr striving for. But if you don't enjoy the journey and you don't put the respect into the journey, then you're never going to get to where you want to go. And, and you, not only that, but you're living life wrong. And uh, that's something else that I really respect about you is that you are making the journey the destination, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's it, man. That's, that's legit the gimmick. That's, that's Project Monix. It's like, uh, you know, uh, hashtag stays today. Um, when I first started posting about Project Monix, I, I also kind of use Project Monix character as an excuse because, uh, you know, there's guys like MJF and Marco Stun and, like, Myron Reed who, like, have internet buzz. And I see them on the internet, like, everywhere. You know, I see tweets, and they're, they're good about posting pictures and videos. And I was just like, man, like, I need to get like that. How can I do this without, like, spamming my friends and family? Um, and that was part of the Project Monix thing because I was like, ooh, I could, like, every day could be, like, phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, phase five, phase six, et cetera. So I have an excuse to post on social media every day without being like annoying and being like, here's a show, here's a show, here's another match, here's another show. I just wanted to do something with a little spin on it. And um, eventually I was posting, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three, and it was like every single day. Um, and I was like, maybe there's a way to do this a little differently. And um, I just kind of, that then my, my friend, Chris, who actually designed my t-shirt logo, um, he was like, on the, on the t-shirt he put, Hey, what if I put this? And he showed me a logo and it said hashtag days today. And I was like, that's it. I was like, that's better than me saying the number every day. Like, cause every day, it doesn't matter what number it is. It doesn't matter if it's 150 phase 1000. doesn't matter if it's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Christmas or your birthday. It's like every day is phase today. And if you take care of it today and you get done what you need to get done today, eventually you're going to be where you want to be and, and you're going to reach well, uh, I don't want to get too all gimmicky and catchphrasey, but, you know, we'll reach the final phase, which is, like, you know, your, your dreams are your goals. But maybe today's the final phase. Maybe every, you don't know when you're, you don't know when this ends. Um, and none of us know what happens when it ends. So enjoy it. You know, work hard and enjoy it. You'll feel better about yourself if you're doing what you got to do. Well, one of the phases that you recently went through is that you uh, you appeared on television recently, and uh, we got to hear a little bit about that. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm sure you can't tell me everything about it, but you know, uh, you uh, competed in quote unquote in a battle royal. Um, you know, to be in the World Cup of Wrestling, whatever the hell that is, and um, you know, tell me a little bit about appearing on TV for WWE as a kind of extra character, and uh, what it's like kind of being backstage there, and uh, who were some of the folks you ran into? Um, I'll just say it was an amazing experience, and um, it um, it was surreal uh, to get used, and especially in Chicago, um, in the Allstate Arena. Um, I, I grew up going to DePaul basketball games there with my dad, um, and I only ever saw one WWE Live event growing up. Uh, my friend's dad took a couple of us, but it was there, you know, and I, so like I was a kid uh, in the Allstate Arena, for, again, you know, when I was 11 or 12 or whatever age I was, 12, 13, um, sitting in those stands, and, and then here I am, you know, 12, 13 years later, 25, in the ring. <laughs> so it's just like I had a moment where I was in the ring and I was just looking out there and I was just like, wow, like I'm here. This 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 happened. Um but yeah, like it was just really cool. Um the I left the left the that 
those two because I also did SmackDown the next day in Indianapolis, and it's just I left those two days being like, I gotta work here. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a whole whole another level. It's everything I would have dreamed. Um, and yeah, it, the the funny thing is, um, the my everyone's first favorite wrestler is Shawn Michaels, <laughs> but uh, no, not everyone. But you know, I, I, the Shawn Michaels boyhood dream. VHS or DVD or whatever it was. It was the first uh, like WWE film I ever saw, and uh, he really. I, I I grew up watching sports, so like I loved Brett Favre and the Packers. I loved Michael Jordan and the Bulls, and I had all these heroes. And the first time I saw that Shawn Michaels DVD or VHS, I don't remember if I had a VHS or a DVD, but I definitely had it. Um, the first time I watched it, I was like, I want to be this, just like I want to be Michael Jordan. You know, I want to be Shawn Michaels, and. Uh, when I when I got to WWE, I walked in. I saw a couple people. Um, like uh, it's funny, I, I bumped into Leo Rush really quick, who I actually know from the Indies, so it was good to see him. And then like I went up, they told me like what, what where to fill my paperwork, what to sign, and, and they told me you know, go change, and then go to the catering, and go eat. So I was like, all right. So I did the thing. I saw, I saw like Leo, and maybe maybe walked by like a couple other wrestlers, but like you know, kind of people like Leo that like I wouldn't be like starstruck by you know people maybe i'm I, I more so kind of know or you know whatever so i, I get to catering and then I, I stand in line and then i'm like there's no one in the catering line i'm putting food in my plate and all of a sudden there's someone mumbling next to me <laughs> and uh, i just hear like oh, interesting and i look over and it's Shawn michaels and he's standing right next to me putting putting chicken on his plate you know and i just i just look back at my food as i'm like and i just like the only thing that went through my head was it's fucking weird. <laughs> uh, this is weird. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is really cool, but I was like, this is weird. And I just, you know, and sat down and ate my food. And uh, that was my moment of like, you're here, you're at the WWE. Um, and again, you know, um, it was just extra work. I, I, there wasn't really any pressure. The 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 segment was easy. So um, I was really happy to get to experience, I get to see everything. Um, you know, get to get to. Uh, go through that experience and then also get to be used and get to be used in a position that I knew I couldn't really mess up. So um, it was a lot of fun and I hope to be back. So uh, nerdy wrestling fan question here. Um, you know, most rings on the Indies are 16 by 16. Every once in a while you have an 18 by 18 or something like that. Uh, the WWE ring is a 20 by 20 ring and it's about the only ring that uses real ropes. Um, yeah. Tell me, what'd you think about uh, being in the ring, and and did you like it? I mean, obviously you like it being in front of the crowd, but I mean, like, I'm sure you got to work in a little bit uh, before the show and everything. Tell me a little bit about the ring. Yeah, I mean, the ring um, is awesome. Like, if I could wrestle in that ring every day, we'd be we'd be set. <laughs> uh, I didn't think like <laughs> twenty by twenty. Um, I've been in like twenty by twenty, like lucha rings and stuff like that. Uh, like old boxing rings and stuff so like it wasn't like i've never been in a 20 foot ring uh but like when i was in it it didn't it didn't feel big to me it didn't feel much bigger than like the rings i wrestle in and um you know it just felt it felt like a just top notch ring it was just like this is the best ring this is the ring you want to be in um especially after some of the rings i i've wrestled in and, and, and still continue to wrestle in. <laughs> uh yeah the ropes felt good everything it it, it felt right it's outstanding. Now, you just came off a, a big show out in Iowa. You were on the uh, Wrestling Revolver show, as you usually are. Um, and uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your relationship with Wrestling Revolver. And did you win the uh, Open Invite Scramble Super Duper Lots of Guys Match uh, Championship? No, I made it to like the last um, four, maybe, um, four or five. And, uh, so it was like it was like one of those things where like it was um this time because it, it's been different every time it's cool to keep it fresh. Uh, this time it was, you know, two guys started, um, and then every minute someone came out, sort of like a rumble experience, until the ring was pretty much full. Or everyone was, had made their entrances, and it's over the top rope, so it's kind of like a royal rumble. Once it got down to like five guys, I believe, um, it turned into uh, if you get a pinfall or or a submission. So it then became like, yeah. So everyone got eliminated, and I was in like the final five guys. And then um, Ace Austin, I don't remember who, who, who ate the pinfall actually, but yeah, uh, 
I'm spacing on the name. I think he's from Impact. Uh, ended up winning, and uh, yeah, so it was just, it was it was a good match. It was fun. Um, did not go 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 over in the end, but um, Revolver is a really cool place, and it's just growing consistently and it's getting better. And everyone who's there uh, takes a pride in those shows. And there's a certain level that you have to wrestle to, and I'm trying to continually step my game up and 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 get to that level. And it's it's hard because it's it's the best guys, you know. It's legit some of the, the best guys on these shows and all these matches. And I have one one of my I have so many goals in wrestling, but you know one of my goals is to um, break through that little ceiling of uh, getting getting into the point as a as a wrestler or getting the buzz that I need to be a guy who's having uh, consistent matches there. And uh, that's not going to be easy. But it also wasn't easy to get on Revolver. You know, I, I had to get over 100 retweets <laughs> to get in the first scramble that had, like, 20 people on it. Uh, so it's like I had no business being at Revolver in the beginning. You know, I, I, I didn't know anyone there. I didn't, uh, um, you know, I didn't have, like, a, a trainer or someone who could vouch for me that was going that I could hop in the car with. It was just like there's this new place called Revolver. It's one of the hottest companies in the Midwest. A lot of the AEW guys are on it. And they're bringing in people from all over Impact. ROH, Lucha Underground, all that stuff. And I saw the opportunity to get on it via social media, and I took the chance, and the fans got behind me for whatever reason. And then, like, six other people got 100 retweets, so I was like, oh, shit, they're not going to use me. But luckily, I was the one they picked. And uh, here we are. That was, I think, January or February, and now we're nearing the end of the year. And it's like, I'm inching closer towards towards that goal of becoming a, uh, a guy who, who really sticks there, you know? Well, who's who like is your kind of like fantasy guy that you would have a singles match with there? I mean, you got Shane Strickland, you got Sammy Callahan, obviously you faced Larry D before. I mean, there's so many folks on that roster. Um, you know, I I am a massive fan of Shane Strickland. I think he's um so fundamentally sound that it's like it's just magic. Um, that's a guy I'd love to see you face, but who, who's kind of the, the person that you're like, you know, if I could just face that guy, I could learn so much. And, and, and that's kind of a goal I have. Yeah. Um, man, like, yeah, Shane Strickland's phenomenal. And, and there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of guys on that roster who are just so good. Um, uh, I don't really have much of a relationship with them, but, uh, one person who like is one of my favorite wrestlers to watch is, is actually Jake Christ. And, uh, you know, he's a revolver mainstay. He's, he's a main eventer there. And uh, if I ever – it would take some time, but if I ever got to have a match with him on a show like that, um, that would be freaking awesome to me. Um, he's one of the guys that, like, I try to uh, – like, if I know he's working on a show, even if it's – yeah, like, whether it's a multi-man or, or a singles match or, or anything, I try to watch him just because I feel like he's one of the guys who, like, uh, you know, like, curtain to curtain, start to finish. It's like everything – looks right and everything matters and everything means something and it's like you ever heard the phrase like being on like he's on you know when he goes out there <laughs> and uh so yeah i, I want to wrestle someone like that um there's a lot of guys i could go on about you know um but I, I, that's just the first one that jumped to my head when you started saying that well you know i've had the opportunity to see jake chris wrestle about three hundred thousand times and um i have never seen a bad or a phoned in Jake Chris match. I mean, I've seen him in front of IWA crowds of 12 people and he crushed it. And I've seen him, you know, in front of uh, a revolver crowd of, you know, 300 people or whatever. And he worked just as hard. Um, he's a guy that, um, what I, what I love about Jake is that he, you know, he has such a great mind for the business and everything. Obviously, uh, you know, he's the head booker at Rockstar Pro and comes up with a lot of great stuff up there. But, um, you know, like you said, everything kind of makes sense in his matches. So one time I saw him versus Aaron Williams, one of the many times I've seen that match. And uh, they did like all this mat wrestling. And afterwards, I got to talk to Aaron about it, and he said they just kind of called it all in the ring, and 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 I don't even know what half of the moves is that they did during that stuff. It was all just crazy arm dra arm bars and all kinds of stuff that I'd never even seen before. And uh, you know, he's he's a spectacular wrestler, and he's extremely creative on the fly, and that's something you don't yeah. see a whole lot every day, uh, you know, in in the independent scene. So that that's definitely someone you could learn a lot from. Oh yeah, it's like. 
I think one of the main reasons I, w- I really want to wrestle with him is like um, sometimes I'll see some someone who I'm like, man, I know that that dude is just so much further than I am and so much better than I am. And it's like, it's almost like, can I have that match? Like, I don't know. And it's like the fear and the excitement of like, man, I don't know if I could hang with that guy, but like, I really want to find out. Because <laughs> um, I'm getting to the point where like, there's there's still a lot of people I do feel that way about, um, but it's it's getting smaller. You know, like I, I remember like feeling that way about everyone. You know, like when you first start out, you're like, oh, I, I, these people are all so good. I shouldn't even be on this in this locker room. Like, oh, I don't. But, but yeah, I don't I don't feel as much that way in a lot of shows. But sometimes I watch, yeah, Jake wrestle. I'm like, shit, <laughs> I, I, I got to get to that point. And uh, I'm not gonna get to that point if I don't wrestle guys who are at that point. You know. Yeah, you you have to wrestle guys that are better than you, and that's how you get better. That's it. And, uh, you know, well, I mean, you know, it's been a blast talking to you, man. I I just, uh, yeah, I feel like we could talk all day about dream opponents and all those kind of cliche things. But, um, you know, I I just wanted to kind of get out there. I mean, obviously – you you have goals and all this stuff. You want to work for different companies and whatnot. But I, I like this question because I know it's a little cliche, but I think it's it's a good one for someone like yourself. Um, obviously, WWE is kind of the that's that's the goal, right, for every wrestler. However, um, you know, if you had the opportunity and you could choose, and uh, you know, you could re- you're going to make the same amount of money no matter where you go. And uh, you're going to have the same amount of exposure no matter where you go. And this is a hypothetical scenario, obviously. Um, would you rather go to Japan and work there? Or would you rather uh, stay here in the States? Or would you rather kind of uh, you know, go to a company like MLW or something like that that's kind of on the ground floor and build with that company? What, what's kind of your dream? When, you, when you're laying in bed and you're sitting there and you're getting ready to go to sleep and you're thinking, man, I, I can't wait to do this, what, what would it be? Um, for me, it's, it's WWE for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, I grew up a WWE kid. Um, then I obviously got into a lot of other wrestling. So like, it's not to say that I don't like other wrestling. Like, you know, I love DCW. New Japan's awesome. Ring of Honor is great. Um, but, uh, when I was a kid, I envisioned myself at, at, at the end of this all, you know, it was, in the, it was in the main event of WrestleMania for the championship. Um, so that's like, for me, it's WWE. And, and I also think like, uh, with WWE, with those moments, with those, you know, WrestleMania and, and, and the guys you'd be wrestling, uh, I think the best wrestlers in the world are there now. Um, and I think it'd be the most pressure and the most competition. Uh, not to say that, like, those other places aren't great, because they are. Uh, and, and then as far as, like, New Japan goes, that sounds awesome. Um, and in my head, that's romanticized. But I haven't been there, so I don't know if I would like being in Japan. Uh, I think I would. I think I'd love it. But... Uh, I'm from America, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable here. Uh, I, I know how to pay for things here with American currency and I know how to like drive these cars and <laughs> read our street signs. And so like, it sounds awesome and I'm sure it'd be an incredible experience. And uh, if that ever happens, I will jump at the opportunity. But, um, for me, you, you know, like, I, like I think a lot of people, um, the, uh, the, the dream, the, the the vision, the image I have is like, you know, me standing in the WWE ring across from some of those some of those guys, and I'm sure you can figure out who those guys are. Well, I mean, you know, you're already eating at catering with them, so I mean that you, you know, uh, what, just that, extra work, just extra work. <laughs> <laughs> Phase one of that uh, journey's over, but uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, that makes a lot of sense to me, having seen you wrestle many many times. That makes perfect sense. And uh, you seem to be heavily influenced by that style. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. that that's something I, I, you know, you don't need my advice or anything like that. But uh, one thing I would tell you as a fan and someone who has a lot of experience watching independent wrestling, there is nothing wrong with a WWE style in the indies. In fact, it sticks out nowadays. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a guy from AIW named Matthew Justice who works like a WWE style. And he is amazing. He's so great. And, like, you know, guys like that on the indies stick out. And uh, you you obviously have the look and uh, you have the physical ability. So there's no reason why that dream isn't attainable, especially 
with, um, you know, the insane expansion of the roster nowadays. I mean, you know, NXT has like a million guys on it, right? You know, they have two different shows they got to fill. They're about to go to another, um, you know, network where they're, you know, supposed to have more of a sports kind of, uh, you know, presentation and stuff like that. I think that they're going to be hiring guys right and left over the past next couple of years. And who knows if there won't be different chapters of NXT coming forward. So I think those opportunities are there. You're plugging away. You're doing what you need to do. Um, you know, the name Pat Monix is, is going to be out there. And uh, more and more everyday folks know who you are. And, and uh, that's just a, a testament to the hard work you're putting in and the uh, great matches you're having and, and the understanding of how to actually do that. And, uh, the, you know, like I said, the hard work, it, it's, it's much appreciated. And it's something that I really, really respect you for. Yeah, and, and it's, it's exciting. Like you said, like there, there's, we're at a time where it's like it's possible. And um, while, while it is possible, and while, like, you know, like that WWE extra experience was cool, uh, you know, the second I left, it was like, well, the second I left, it was like, all right, back to reality. Um, I, I, I got a long ways to go, and I got to take care of things here first. And it's like, I got to climb these, you know, I got to keep climbing IWA Mid-South. I got to keep climbing these local Chicago companies. Like, um, like I, I like this weekend, I have uh, two shows in Chicago that for the first time, like, there's one other company that was a little smaller, and then as well as another one that's like a lucha company that I've main evented. But like these other companies, I haven't gotten a main event, and like I got two main event matches this weekend. It's like, all right, I got to prove to the Chicago fans and promoters and workers that I'm I'm main event level here, you know. And then it's like, and and if I can do that and I can keep doing that, then it's like I got to prove to these other Midwest shows that I'm worthy of having a match just on the show, you know. So it's just there's so many steps. Like I said, like huge goal right now is to get to get uh, like matches at places like revolver and like aaw but it's just that stuff doesn't come uh just because you're a pretty good wrestler you know it comes with a lot of time and work and a lot of people starting to like respect you and it's yeah it's like we we still got so far to go before i'm at the point where i think um some of those top companies would you know take a chance at someone like me um you know it's like there's a line and you don't get to cut it <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, <laughs> I'm in line right now well, that line is phased today. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you're out there listening to this, I think uh, Pat's a really great inspirational story for young wrestlers. And uh, a lot of folks can learn from you. And uh, that's something that when you were standing in that line of catering, looking over at uh, Shawn Michaels uh, trying to select his chicken breast or whatever he was about to eat, yeah, um, right. you know, you, you, you may not – you know, obviously it's not on this particular level, but there's a lot of guys that look up to you. And I think you're a great example. And uh, a lot of folks can learn from you. So, uh, but not only that, but fans can also support you. And uh, how can folks support you on social media? Uh, you know, and where can they purchase your, uh, your uh, products? So that way uh, they can support you financially. Yeah. Um, well, I do have a website now. Uh, I got to update a little because I spelled a few words wrong. <laughs> I'm just looking at it and, uh, yeah, I, I legit like just spelled some words wrong. Um, so it's called projectmonix.com, and on there you can uh, there'll be a direct link to my t-shirt store, which will lead you to a, a website called whatamaneuver.net, um, and they're the best, and, the, and their shirts are super comfortable. And um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be putting over a t-shirt company if it wasn't actually good, but like these shirts are the best shirts I've ever gotten, and sometimes I get bummed that I can't wear them all the time because I don't want to be that guy wearing his own shirt, <laughs> but they are, they are, they like, they warp to your body and they fit right. And they, uh, they're comfortable and they have them in all sorts of different colors and sizes and, uh, even styles. Like they have them in shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, uh, cutoffs, uh, infant sizes, all that stuff. <laughs> they literally do. They have, they, they have kid sizes, toddler sizes, infant onesies, uh, yeah. my, my little my little niece has an infant onesie uh, that that's got a cartoon version of me on it and it's just the funniest thing. Uh, I know a girl who bought one for her dog and they they promote that picture of like her dog wearing it. So like yeah, you got options. We got we got everything. Uh, so yeah, projectmonix.com. Check that out. And then um, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at projectmonix and uh, Facebook. I'm Pat Monix. You can add me. It's all public. Um, do it quick because I'm I'm getting close to that five thousand number where uh, I won't be able to add any more friends. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll add you. I, I I don't really use any of my social media for anything other than wrestling at this point. Uh, some friends stuffs on there, but it's mostly just wrestling. 
Well, I, I can't help it. I'm sorry. I uh, have to do this. And that is if you want to save on shipping, I mean, you could buy a Road Home from Wrestling t-shirt or a baby onesie. And you could also buy a, a Pat Monix t-shirt or a Mouse's Wrestling Adventure t-shirt or a Wrestling Cheers t-shirt and save on, on shipping and just get all of them. You know, I You're mean, on it, that? On yeah, absolutely. Or, yeah, absolutely. It's the best, right? The, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I, one of these days, I'm gonna go on there and see who else is on there and start shopping because, like, <laughs> the I can't get those like next level shirts anywhere else. You go to the store, I don't see that brand, but they're, they're they fit perfect. Well, the dog thing is awesome. I'm definitely gonna use that now. But I've always recommended that folks buy two small baby onesies and just wear them on their feet. I think that's just a really uh, <laughs> smart thing to do. Um, you know, you'll you'll be stylish, you'll be comfortable, and um, and they're they're also very absorbent. So um, you, were, you already knew, you already knew about the baby onesies. That wasn't a <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought I was gonna get you with that one. Like, oh, he's gonna. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you know, this has been outstanding. I, it's a long time coming. Again. You know, I apologize. It's been it's taken this long, but uh, you know, once you get through a couple more phases, man, we'll get you back on here to talk about those. And I can't wait to see what you do in the future. Hell yeah! All right. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure. And yeah, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back on here. Outstanding. Thank you, sir. Thank you.